Joshua uh, chapter 1, and I'll read that. We'll uh, be reading verses 6 through 9. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which, my, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, it on, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So kind of today's uh, outline or points really kind of all come out of this reading. Um, So we kind of look at what that message is and break it down. I guess we'll uh, give the points and give the points again at the end. It says, be strong and courageous, know God's word and meditate on it, and carefully do all that's in it. And that's pretty much God's formula for success. That's that's what we see in these verses. He's telling us this is what it takes for, for us to succeed as a people. It's what he told them they needed to do as a people, and I think that's the message as well for us. So we'll kind of break it down in parts. Uh, the be strong and courageous and I think we've just talked a good bit about this and so we know what this means but we'll go into that a little bit more it's with armor you know this uh, idea in Ephesians six eleven that we've been talking about last several weeks put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil so we're going to read a few verses kind of what's that look like and some of this is stuff we've been going over the last few weeks so it kind of ties, you know, to trying to tie these things together. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And we know that uh, this idea of God being light and, um, you know, his word and uh, his followers being a light in this world, it's got to do with obedience and understanding and knowing his will. Alright, 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 7. In the word of truth and the power of God by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. And, um, you know, when I think about weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, uh, it's like you're double-armed. You know, you're headed out with both both hands full. And, uh, you know, that uh, image... um, you know, is one of, seems to me, of being on the offense. All right. But since we are of, this first uh, Thessalonians 5, 8, but since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So this idea of uh, this with protection, you know, you've got... Um, this armor, but you've also got protection and the promises of that as we take on that armor and as we take on that mission as his soldiers, we do that with his protection. And this verse is 
makes it pretty clear. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And of course she's talking here. Uh, we've been <laughs> reading in the Chronicles and we kind of know that this is talking to folks that haven't done that. So you have acted foolishly in this indeed from now on you will surely have wars. But the, you know, the first part of this verse tells us that that protection comes. Alright, for those that are his. Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. And Psalms is full of these kind of passages, but Psalms 91, 4 says, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Uh, Psalm 125.2 As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. Second uh, Kings 6.17 Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and, and he saw, and behold, the mountains, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And, you know, we, we know uh, what that servant was feeling, the apprehension of the, you know, the, here's the enemy and they're all around and what have we got. And, uh, you know, it's just a, was I'm sure a tremendous blessing and a comfort for him to actually be able to see those things. But for us, you know, we have to have faith in that power, in that, uh, ability that God has, His providential care over us, how He's going to do all the things that He promises with regard to His protection for those that serve Him. Um, you know, I think it would be both fascinating and frightening to see uh, those things that we don't see. Daniel 6.22, My God sent His angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me insomuch as I was found innocent before him, and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. And you, you, know, you think back to the story of Daniel, and you see that as part of his statement there, you know, he's saying that you know, this, this happened insomuch as I was found innocent before him. In other words, those protections of God come to those that serve him, and uh, Daniel recognizes that in this, in this verse and is communicating that to the king. All right. Another part of this is this idea of assurance of victory. You know, this um, being strong and courageous is helped when we understand that protection during the battle. But if you have this assurance of victory in battle that's also another layer of of um, protection or a encouragement to do what he said in this idea of being strong and courageous so these things i have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace in the world you have tribulation but take courage i have overcome the world so he's telling us you know part of the way that we fulfill that command so that we might be successful 
this idea of being strong and courageous, you know, how do you go about that? Well, you understand his protections. You see the, uh, that he's armed you with what you need to be in the battle. And you understand that he's the winner, that he's the victor. And if you're on his side, you're on the winning side. In 1 Corinthians 15, 24, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the, to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all, enemy, all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. And so, you know, when you think about this idea of being strong and courageous and you have these mental images, you know, of, you know, brave men plowing into, you know, uh, in World War II, I guess it would have been hails of bullets or whatever, or, you know, in times past, you know, it would have been, you know, thousands of armed men and chariots and horses and all of those, whatever their uh, battle was, so... <clears throat> how do they do that? You know, you, you have to have in mind, it would seem, that um, either you're going to have that protection or that there's victory in death. You have to believe that. <laughs> you know, so uh, how are you going to plow in there, be, be uh, strong and courageous, uh, if you don't know that even ultimately, at, you know, he... He tells us, you know, he's given his life for us. We're to give our lives for him. So, you know, to what extent do we serve him? And so as we're serving him to that extent, what do we need a guarantee of? That he's won over that ultimate end. You know, that can I give up my life, uh, both metaphorically or actually or spiritually, can I do that uh, in his service confidently? Can I do that boldly? Can I do that courageously? Can I be strong in that? And if you have assurance of victory, if you believe 1 Corinthians 15, 24, then, you know, the answer is, of course, yes. He overcomes. I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat down with my father as, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Um. So there again, you know, if you believe that, that should give you part of what you need to fulfill what we found in Joshua so that you might be successful. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are the called and chosen and faithful. Romans eight thirty five. And uh, through 39, uh, who, will, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is, just as it is written, for your sake we are, all, we are being put to death all day long. We were slaughtered as sheep to be, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there again, 
If you believe these things, what's it like when you face tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Can you do that strongly and courageously? All right, next kind of next part of that was kind of to know God's word first. So why? It's commanded. It's wise. It's part of the formula. Um, we saw that that was a part of the formula that we first read in Joshua. Um, we'll find a few verses go along with that. It says, "Buy truth." In Proverbs twenty three twenty three. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. First Timothy 4.13, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture to exhortation and teaching. You know, I think about what we've been doing on Wednesday night. Give attention to the public reading of Scripture. It's not a bad idea. 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. There in James uh, 1, uh, 1, 21, 22, and 25. Um, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And skip on to verse 25. says, But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful here, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And see how this fits as this formula of success. You see the part that it plays. You need to know it, and you got to do it. All right. And so we'll talk more about the benefits here. Let's go to Psalms 1. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Sounds like a formula for success. He's telling us how to be prosperous. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Colossians 1, 9, 10. For, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Alright. And I guess remembering uh, that this word has purpose, and I know we've talked a lot about what His purpose is for us, but you know, His purpose is ultimately that we be saved. But... Um, Let's read this in Isaiah 55. Uh, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without water and earth, and maketh it bare and sprout, and furnisheth seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which uh, goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter 
for which I sent it. In 1 Timothy 4, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Jesus of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. And if you look at that word, constantly nourished on the words of of the faith and of the sound doctrine, you, you get this idea of, you know, part of this idea, you know, part of what the word does is it strengthens us. You know, when you think about you know, somebody being nourished, they're being strengthened, they're being renewed, they're being, you know, made strong for this purpose so that they can do these things. Part of being strong and courageous, it's all kind of connected. All right, Hebrews 4, um, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and, and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And they're again talking about the the power and purpose of that word. And uh, part of those instructions there in Joshua had to do with this idea of carefully doing these things. And I think the term carefully do all is part of that. And that reminds me of a verse in Revelations, uh, Revelations twenty two eighteen. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. You know, it's a reminder uh that this carefully do all, this idea of being careful not only with the way you handle the word and the way you understand the word, but you know, going back to this idea that we read in James a little while ago that uh, this doing the word is all part of it. I um, didn't notice this really till later in life, but you know, when... Um, Paul rebukes Peter uh, there in Galatians. You know, we read about that event. You know, I don't imagine that Peter actually ever said anything with his mouth against the truth. You know, I don't think he used words with his mouth that were against the truth that he knew. What he did was acts that were against the truth, against what he knew, and Paul accuses him there of basically attacking the truth, being against the truth. And you, when you read it, you kind of think it, you, it would be in words, but it was indeed, and and all, and we're the same way. We, not only do we not want to take away from or add to these words in what we teach or what we say, but we want to be careful when we're thinking about this. Carefully do all. We want to be careful in what we do, and and this is related to that phrase or that word and this is that this is that word there it's it's strong so it's 8104 in strong and it says to protect attend 
Beware, be, circums be circumspect, take heed, keep, mark, look narrowly, preserve, regard, reserve, save, wait, and watch. And, you know, you, we have this constant going on in the culture, you know, this idea of liberal and conservative, you know, it's in our culture and it's in the, it's in about every aspect that we see out there of, of life, but, you know, the typical definition of this idea of conservative or to conserve is this idea of preserve, to keep things the same, you know, uh, this idea of liberal is tied with this idea of progressive, let's change it, let's do something new. Let's do something different. But if you look at this idea of carefully do, uh, it's that idea of, you know, it, it, it's got this, uh, the word in there, reserve. I'm reserved. I'm, I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to be bold and careless about how that is or how I handle that or how I do that. And, of course, this, that could get to be a whole other thing. How many examples do we have in Scripture of those who are careless with God's Word? And, uh, like I say, that could be a whole big lesson. Um, is it likely that the idea of carelessness will lead to a, uh, this statement, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the in thy Lord? I, I mean, I think we know that that's not real likely. Deuteronomy 6.17, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His testimonies and His statutes which He hath commanded thee. 26.18, Deuteronomy, the, the Lord has today declared you to be His people, a treasured possession, and He promised you as He promised you and that you should keep all his commandments. And, you know, there again, he's tying again this idea of promises back to this commandments. You know, um, it's not that the love is not unconditional. We have an unconditional love. What's conditional? The promises, those rewards, this success, right? If you, do, if you carefully do these things, there's the success that he promises. It's tied back to that. Um, it's not the love that's conditioned there. When does he give us his love? While we were yet enemies. The love is unconditional. It's the promises that tie back to this idea of obedience, fulfillment, to carefully do these things. And we need to try to remember that. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You know, there's a reminder of that statement. Uh, it, this is what it means to love Him, that we would keep His commandments. And I think about this last statement, and His commandments are not burdensome. Well, uh, is that does that mean that Okay, I show my love towards him not only by keeping them, but by viewing them as not burdensome. 
You see what I'm saying? In other words, okay, I'll do it, but I'm sure going to complain about it. <laughs> I'm sure not going to like it. I'm going to do my best to trudge through. So, anyway, uh, let's kind of go back and remember how it works. Um, that verse in Joshua 1.7 reminds us that the old law came from God and Moses was his chosen vessel to deliver that law. And we go kind of looking in Ephesians and see the New Testament version of this, which he, starting in verse 20, uh, Ephesians 1, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. So, you know, it's just a reminder that, um, you know, Christ is the one. This is the this law of liberty. That's what we're following. That's what we're doing. Uh, Christ is our king. And to him we're subject. So we're going to go back... Uh, through be strong and courageous know God's word and meditate on it and carefully do all that's in it and that's really the message for this morning I um, you know I, like I say I think as we uh, get towards the end of the year and we want to think about you know well you know I didn't get everything done this year that I wanted to get done I didn't fulfill all my goals <laughs> that I set for myself last year, you know, we all kind of get in this mode of uh, thinking about, you know, how do I plan for and make a strategy for success in this coming year. And uh, I think if we'll uh, basically meditate on these things, uh, think about what these things mean to us, try to add uh, a degree of strength and boldness and courage to our service, try to add knowledge uh, try to meditate, try to uh, remember that um, we're to carefully handle His Word, not only in speech, but in our actions. Um, these are the things that make for a successful year. These are the things that make for a successful life. These are the things that make for a successful congregation of folks. These are the things that help us meet the purpose that He's given for us which is our own salvation. So I guess at this time what I would say is that um, if you found yourself um, lacking in some of these ways or in some of these things, if you are uh, needing to commit yourself uh, in obedience to Him in some way, if you're needing to uh, submit to your brethren to confess your sins, uh, if, you're, if you're need in need of the prayers of the saints here, uh, we'd ask you to come forward as we uh, stand and sing this song of encouragement that's been selected.